Fig Jam presents Word on the Street, a podcast series designed to promote resiliency by listening to powerful stories told by women around the globe. Fig Jam would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land on which we're meeting and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to um, Fig Jam Podcast Word on the Street series. Today we're joined by Rebecca, um, who's going to share with us a bit about her past and her history, which has been quite turbulent, a little bit up and down, but she's really got some great stories that have come from that and have been able to really show her resilience through those experiences. Welcome, Rebecca, to our podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me tell my story. That's okay. with it. Thank you. We're very excited to have you, especially because you've had such a unique experience as well. So I guess just to kick it off, can you tell us a bit about your background and I guess your story as it stands and how you kind of came to be where you are today? Okay, so a little background. I'm just going to keep it a little short because it's very, very long. Um, my parents divorced when I was in first grade. And the thing is, is I was very traumatic that I still remember things from when they were still together. Um, we ended up moving. And during that time, I had to go in between homes. So it felt like I didn't have a home. It was always constantly back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And um, during that time when I was at my dad's house, um, he did meet this woman, and that's when the verbal abuse started. That's when the um, physical abuse started. Um, I know on that side of the family, at, in third grade, um, my cousin did molest me. Um, and I know my dad was always drinking, and he was never around. He would leave us with random people, and... I have two younger siblings and I always had to watch out over them. I pretty much had to become their parent figure with me being a kid myself. I would make sure they do their homework, make sure they eat, make sure they shower. Um, I mean, about eight or so, or eight or nine, right? Mm -hmm. That third grade? Yeah. yeah. Third grade. Mm -hmm. And um, when they would play, I would sit there and watch them play and making sure that they're safe, making sure that their surroundings are safe. And I was still in elementary school myself at, starting at this time, and I wouldn't do any of that. So um, That's a lot of pressure to have on your shoulders too, for just being a kid as well. Mm -hmm. But I know through all of that, it did teach me some things. It was very, very difficult because I know during – um, around middle school, that's when the depression really hit me. At the time, I did not know I was depressed because I thought that was normal because I was living like that for so long, especially with being so young. Um, that's when depression hit me really hard because it was constant. I didn't know how to stop. No one was there to protect me. No one was there to protect me. I was always protecting everyone else. So everything felt like it was on me. So at that point, like suicidal thoughts did occur because I didn't know how to make any of it stop. And one day I was very close to it. And the one thing that stopped me from doing it was my brother and my sister. That's kept me going from it. And 
today, I'm not going to cry. Um, today, the only thing that's keeping me going and trying to be a better person is one day down the line, like future kids and a future family that I would like to have one day. And your brother and sister must be like so grateful for the support you gave them growing up because, and, and that must feel really empowering for you as well to know that um, you were able to, even though I know that your experience was quite challenging, that you were able to protect them from some of the stuff that you experienced as well. Well, I am very happy about it because they don't remember much from it. So I think that means I did a good job. And I like you did an excellent job considering <laughs> the circumstances because honestly, going through some of that stuff would have been so, so challenging. Yeah. Yeah, it was difficult, <laughs> very, very difficult. And I also had challenges in school and um, I wasn't, I wouldn't say popular. No one asked me out to prom. Like I took myself to prom. Like I didn't need a guy to take me, even though I- <laughs> And you don't need a guy to take you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though I did get left at a dance once by a guy who left me there, but- um, <laughs> Yeah. It's okay. Um, no, I even though I had challenges there because I also have like a learning disability and I know some people did hear about that and they would make fun of me for it and so I also had that as well along with everything else. <laughs> so moving into adult life, how did that then translate into I guess where you kind of positioned yourself moving forward? Oh wow, so now is that what really hit it for me was that about three years ago, I got diagnosed with depression. Okay. And that's when it really hit me. And that's when I really wanted to start doing the hard work on myself. Yeah. Um, that's when I started going to church. That's when I started going to therapy. That's when I started doing healthy stuff for myself. Mm -hmm. And realizing that it's okay to spend a little bit of time on myself and be a little selfish with myself. And um, that's when I started making myself a priority yeah. in that time. So only since your diagnosis, you felt that you could make yourself a priority? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you are now because we know so much in our like self-care world that if you keep giving and giving and giving and giving, you'll just have nothing left. So I'm so glad that you're now mm -hmm. prioritising yourself. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, I guess, is... Is it your personal experience that makes you so passionate about mental health and resilience? Or is it the, seeing the impact on other people, seeing the impact on yourself? What do you think is the biggest thing that makes you so passionate? Well, one thing, well, I know there's a couple of things. I know one of them is that I feel like anyone says mental health, I feel like there's a certain type of like stigma behind it. And I know before I even was diagnosed with it because I didn't want to go to the doctor and or anything like that is because I felt like when you say mental health or depression, mm -hmm. people automatically seem like there's something wrong with you or that like you're crazy or that you need to be locked up in like a mental institution or something. And that's not true. And that's, none of it's true. <laughs> none of it's true at all. And that's one of them. And I'm like, well, I'm going to prove all you wrong because that's not true at all. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, um, the, uh, and the other one is that my own experience as well. Now I know what it feels like to be on the side of it. Now I know what it feels like 
to have it. Mm-hmm. And I never want anyone to feel like they're alone in this because it's so easily to feel like you're alone and that you're the only one who has it, especially since nowadays we have social media. Everyone's posting the good stuff. No one ever posts like stuff like this yes. and just be real about it and be like, oh, hey, you know what? I have this. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have that too. Yeah. Um, but it's no one not like readily accepted in community like on in this and I did a podcast on this in one of my previous series about um how self-care is really sensationalized so everyone always is like this is my self-care but no one actually talks about you know my self-care is going to therapy or my self-care is going to the gym so I actually feel good it's all about you know um baths and mountain hiking and all that sort of stuff rather than being the real stuff that actually helps your mental well-being exactly and I feel like that I think makes it a little harder Mm because everyone thinks that's supposed to be like the ideal or like perfect way of doing it and they're like there's really no way of doing it everyone's different everyone's mentality is different and um I think that's what for me is that I just don't want no one to feel alone because I know I felt alone in so many years and I feel like no one understood me or no one understands this feeling And would you feel that that alone feeling was probably one of the biggest challenges you had with your journey or was there something else that you feel was a bigger hurdle for you? Um, Well, I know there's a couple of hurdles I'm still now going through today, but um, I think that would have to be the biggest one. I know for the majority of my life, I did feel alone because I know um, no one was there like when I was younger to protect me. And when I was in school, I pushed all my friends away because of everything I was going through. I wanted to be alone. Then once I got to high school, no one was there. Then I took myself to dances by myself. I was, I took myself to prom. And even now, like, I don't really have many friends. I just have a couple of few, but they're just saying there's quality over quantity. And I... But in your circumstances when you were growing up, I imagine Mm -hmm. it would have been really hard and scary to kind of tell everyone what was actually going on. And that probably was part of why you pushed everyone away as well. I actually never told anybody. Mm. Yeah. I never told anybody. I actually recently told everybody up until maybe about three years ago. I told told my family and I told one of my best friends I had years ago Mm. that I ended pushing away. Um, me and her reconnected and we're friends now <laughs> again but um, I did tell everybody including my siblings like I told them what was going on and because um, during that time I didn't tell anybody because I didn't know how to say it Yeah. and the situation I was in is that if I say something my life during that time that I was over there wasn't get worse it doesn't get worse for me. But if I don't say something, it was not going to be as worse. So I'm like, which one would I rather have it? And you know what to expect because it's the same and you already know what that is. But if you say something, it all might change and then become even worse or, you know, you just have mm-hmm. I'm really sorry you were in that situation because it is such a hard place to be. It's okay. Like now I, I learned a lot of things, so... I'm stronger for it now. Yeah, so I guess what is your, and I think you probably have kind of talked to this a little bit, but your biggest learning from your um, journey with um, 
mental well-being, what's been that, like, the biggest strength, I guess, you've gotten out of that? What have you found to be? I think I found out a lot about myself Mm -hmm. that I didn't know who I was before. I think back then I was a little bit broken that I didn't know who I was and I was just I was still young I was still trying to figure out myself and I think now I've come to the realization of who I really am and in the mental um like journey including the healing and Mm -hmm. the the care and everything like that I found to found who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and like my values and um and yeah, qualities and everything. Yeah, that's that's such a great learning. Although I know there's like we don't want to really say that the circumstance is great, but it's awesome that you've been able to come through and and you know gain your um, understanding of yourself through that. I'm just interested to ask, and I know that this is probably going to put you on the spot a little bit. How do you think America responds to mental health and well-being? Because I know, it, like you know, I'm in Australia, so we have. Um, a fairly there is still stigmatization around mental health but it's there's fairly a like a big progressive um view of mental health at the moment so depression anxiety is very common we talk about that fairly regularly it's not something that people get ostracized about um it's very like i think accepted at the moment um especially those two diagnoses in our community so i'm just curious about how america is responding to that at the moment well for me like how I feel like I could be wrong on how I look at it is that yes I know I see a lot of commercials for like antidepressants and anxiety medicine like I see it Mm. and I know there's people out there who do have it Mm. especially with the whole COVID thing going on right now yeah especially and the holidays coming up (laughs) but um I feel it's more like a like a secret type of thing like you don't want to say it out loud like there's shame attached to having Mm -hmm. yeah like that's how I feel about it um I know when I went to church and everything like that they openly talk about it which was nice to hear about it and that was the first time I actually spoke about having it to a group a group of people and it that was a a change but it was a nice change and um i feel like when people say oh i have it who are not in that kind of like mindset or anything like that i feel like they kind of look at you a little like "Mm, are you okay or can i get you anything (laughs) (laughs) it's really an illness and it is but you know like can you walk okay (laughs) type thing yeah 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 no i'd like to give you an example it's that's so i find that very fascinating that there's such a difference and i and i know that covid has really exacerbated a lot of um mental well-being stuff at the moment especially around um grief and loss and anxiety and and depression and things like that particularly for your country because it's um, been very widespread um in australia we haven't been hit as hard which has been um a big relief but um for, for example my states just run a a big campaign about mental health awareness and we you know we have big gatherings in um public of like people to come and chat with each other about or like yoga for depression and all those sort of things that just happen um which i it sounds like that doesn't happen in the us as much 
Um, at least I haven't found it. Yeah, okay. I haven't found any. Um, I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. But from what I've seen, well, at least probably where I live, it's more like suburbia. So everyone's kind of like conservative and keep yeah. themselves yeah. and they don't really say what's going on mm-hmm. and they're not real of what's actually going on they kind of put up like a like a wall yeah. or like a charade or a mask and like oh yeah, yeah this is really going on but behind it it's something more to it um so i'm just um wondering because you've spoken mm-hmm. about church a couple of times how did you find that that community um approach helped or did it was that kind of a big thing in your journey or was it just oh no that that helped me a lot honestly it wow i don't even know where to start Um, (laughs) (laughs) it it i feel the difference within my own self and i see a difference within myself Mm -hmm. um don't get me wrong i do have my little moments still i have my little bumps in the road but they're not and i and now i know i realize the difference between being depressed and being not depressed like i realize and i acknowledge the differences now and i know how to work through it now and um going there has made me and being with those group of friends have made me um, appreciate life a lot more, um, be a lot more open, be a lot more real, um, and not be afraid to just be myself, mm-hmm. and not be afraid just to be me, because um, I know it's really hard to find people who will accept you for like, all of you, but I know they do, and they love me for just me, so I think that's that's nice to hear and plus through every step of the journey they will help me and they would help encourage me to get to where i need to be or they have like these um conversations that are very meaningful with especially with the words that they use Mm -hmm. yeah no that's awesome and you know there's so much um i've heard about how community really shapes Mm-hmm. Um, mental health and, and sustainability because you're on this journey forever it's not like it's just going to be now and then it stops tomorrow so having that community to support you through all of that is, mm-hmm. is so great to hear um i guess what is your hope for um i guess the stigmatization of mental health what do you hope that happens in relation to um things around depression and that sort of stuff what what would you hope that industry looks like I hope there is eventually will be no stigma behind it. I hope that people will be openly and talk about it, mm-hmm. like how they talk about the flu or now COVID. I, I hope, <laughs> <laughs> like, I hope it can get like that, where people don't have to feel comfortable, like uncomfortable, mm-hmm. or have to feel like weird about themselves or feel like they can't be themselves because of other people may feel uncomfortable or may not know how other people may feel or think about them like i don't like i felt like that before and that's like the worst feeling ever and i never ever want other people to feel that way um 
And I hope one day that people will be very accepting of others who have it. But if they don't know how to be accepting, then just love them from, from afar. Because I know sometimes when saying some things with people with mental health, they may be not saying the right things. And um, that idea of acceptance has been really present throughout your talk today, just around how um, our communities may not be as accepting of those suffering from a mental illness. And um, that idea that the acceptance is the huge difference between being able to have a sustainable health journey and, and not. So that's a really, really great learning. Um, for me as well, like, you know, just chatting to you today, it's been excellent. Um, if you have, I guess, to those listening, if we have anyone who is kind of in your boat of having depression or um, have been through similar things and are feeling a bit down, what would be your advice? If you could pick three or five, like, I guess, top tips of what to do or things to help build their resilience, what would you be saying? Well, I'm gonna tell you like some of the things that had worked for me. Like right. one of them, I've read a lot of books on depression and a lot of them kind of mentioned a little bit the same things. One of them was kind of set up a routine. Mm -hmm. And I set up a routine by either like going to work, the gym. And um, I set up a routine by one, um, like one day a week, do something for myself. Mm -hmm. And that'd be either like take myself shopping, yeah. take myself out to dinner, going to a movie, going to Disneyland or the beach, like taking myself somewhere so I can feel good. <laughs> take yourself on a date, that's what I do. Then like, um, and also like what a lot of them also refer to and mention is some type of like religion or like spiritual stuff. And that has helped me by like going to church that has helped me to find some type of peace within my own mind and within my own self. Um, and the other one would be, um, I journal, mm -hmm. I journal, and that helps me get some of the feelings that I need to get out because sometimes I don't know how to say it. <laughs> um, so that has been helping me, but also finding people who you feel comfortable enough to talk to, that you know that you can trust, mm -hmm. that you know that has your back no matter what, and that, ha that loves you for who you are. And you know, no matter what you do, they're still they're gonna be there for you. Yeah, that's awesome. What great advice, I think. That's <laughs> and, and you know, like we hear that all the time, the importance of having a routine, but how many of us actually do that and stick to it is, um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, the first week I tried that, it it's hard. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it was hard, but what I told myself is that during the week you may get busy. Yeah. But when you when you have work, I spend a little bit at nighttime just like meditate at yeah. night to calm my my mind down. Mm -hmm. Then one day a week, just do something for myself. Take myself out of the house. Go hiking go out to eat, go do something, get my body up and moving. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing those tips today. Is there anything else you'd like to share um, before we kind of close off? No, I just really hope that this helps somebody out there because 
I know it's not easy. I know I felt alone for many years and I never want no one to feel that way at all. Excellent. So um, we also will post with your episode today, Rebecca, um, some helplines both in the US and Australia. If there's um, anyone who does need to reach out for any extra support, um, they can reach there. But thank you so much for telling us your story. I know that's kind of been easy to share um, so openly and really appreciated you being so um, open and honest and, and sharing what you've learned along your journey. It's been excellent to have you. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you would like any more from our podcast, we release Word on the Street Weekly with different interviews from women around the globe, um, sharing their stories of resilience and mental wellness. So feel free to follow us at Fig Jam Oz, that's Fig Jam A-U-S, and um, check out our website if you want any more info, www.figjamoz.com. Thanks for listening.